Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today are our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hello, James. Hello. Also with me, we've got Neil Jones, Echo reporter. Hello, Neil. Hello. And rejoining us after being amongst many places, New York, uh, his flat, and Cheltenham, it's Christian Walsh. Hello, Christian. Hello. I'm very skinned. <laughs> <laughs> so is Neil, apparently, after the events of the last following few days. Christmas tips. Yes. Uh, anyway, we'll start you, with you, James. It's been a busy week. Not very much happening at Liverpool, but there's been other stuff happening elsewhere. Not least Manchester City, Liverpool's next opponents, getting knocked out of the Champions League at Monaco. I mean, do you think that's going to be good or bad for Liverpool? Um, probably bad in terms of, I think it probably would have helped Liverpool for Man City to have stayed in the Champions League, to have the added distraction um, for the last couple of months of the season. Um, however, you know, I, I think you know, what happened to Man City did illustrate the weaknesses um, that, that exist there and, and how Guardiola's job there is only really just getting underway in terms of moulding the squad the way he wants it. You know, Monaco preyed on some of those glaring weaknesses that, that Liverpool themselves have exposed previously as well. You know, defensively, um, you can get it, Man City. Um, they, they give you chances, and if you don't allow them to, to build up a head of steam going forward, you can you can make them to look make them look pretty ordinary. And um, you know, it was an embarrassing exit for Man City when you when you think of uh, the, the expense of the, of the team they fielded. You know, to get dumped out at the, the last 16th stage of the Champions League, earliest ever exit for Guardiola, um, and it shows that you know, for, for all the riches that they've spent there, they're still a, a million miles away from competing for the, the big European prizes. Christian, as, as James said, then I mean, it, it could be a good or a bad thing for Liverpool. I mean, in the sense that City won't have many the distraction that might not help Liverpool in the pursuit of the top four, but they'll probably want a reaction as well, won't they, City now on Sunday after what happened there? The risk of Looking very foolish come six o'clock on Sunday, even though Man City, even under Guardiola, just seems to be the type of team who haven't got that in them to, to, to have that reaction. I've seen them on numerous occasions basically give up for the season if there's nothing really tangible to play for. And, you know, you've got to say that's what's happening in the league now. Um, you know, they, they basically did it last season. Uh, once it became apparent that they weren't going to challenge for the title, they, they pretty much give up in the league and, and put in some really stinking performances. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily an attitude problem, but I, I just don't think that group of players is necessarily one who are, are the most motivated, perhaps, when there's no real prize, after, you know, no finishing line in sight. I think they'll put all their eggs into the FA Cup basket now and, and get Guardiola that first trophy um, in his first season. Neil, City's record after Champions League games this season is a bit iffy. I mean, one of them was losing 4-2 at uh, Leicester. I mean, do you agree with the lads that they're not expecting much in terms of a response from City? Well, I, I, it's hard to say. I, 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 wouldn't, um, I wouldn't say that you can, um, you, you can say definitively whether there will be a reaction or whether it'll be, it'll be a, a sort of a snowball effect in terms of uh, disappointment because... As James said, it, it was an embarrassing exit. They scored six goals over two legs against against. I think, you know, I think they were the first team ever to score five in a in a first leg of a Champions League game and get knocked out. I think, well, there you go. I mean, you sort of they should have been out after the first leg, shouldn't they? Really, I mean, they were they were Monaco missed the penalty, didn't they, to to go to go too clear at the Etihad, and 
you know, you thought that he got out of jail with that first leg. You thought, okay, you, you've you've nailed it. But really, he deserves to go out last night. That you know, you know, so towards the end, they they had a bit of a go and they got the they got the goal that looked like they put them through. But I go out the other side. You know, doesn't seem to be able to defend, and they only had what 15, 16 minutes to hold out and, and not concede a goal. They couldn't do. Um, gives encouragement to Liverpool, but. The, what we haven't talked about yet is it's up to Liverpool. If 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 the Reds turn off as they have in some games recently, then they won't win. If they turn off as they have in some of the bigger games, then they, they they've got a very good chance. James was going to mention that City's problem, it seems, is a little bit like the accusation that's been put towards Klopp's Liverpool, and that they don't really have a not so much a plan B, but they have one way of playing the game, and that's it. And I think we saw that against Monaco. They they, they couldn't, as Neil said sit back and defend just the lead. They just kept on going. I think there was some clip where even Guardiola was saying, like, keep pushing on because he wanted yes. another goal to make it yeah. safe. I mean, basically, Liverpool are just going to look at that and go, as you mentioned before, we're just going to play exactly the same way we normally do against City and we'll get the results. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the, the blueprint would be any different to the game at Anfield on, on New Year's Eve, really, in terms of that night Liverpool got at City from the start you know, uh, and settled them, got the early goal, which was obviously massive. And then second half, Actually, you know, tactically, I thought Klopp did a did a job on Guardiola that night. You know, they backed off, didn't take many risks. Um, City absolutely dominated the ball in that second half, but without really doing much with it. So I think there's quite a lot of similarities actually between the way that the teams operate in terms of the managers. You know, they both got very committed to a certain style of playing. Um, you know, I don't don't think either team has got a, a plan B really. Um, you know, when when City's plan A clicks. They're as good as anyone in the in the country, and they're absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see how they respond to to going out in midweek. Because, as Christian said, you know, they, you know, they they do seem a bit flaky. I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily be fearing a massive backlash on the back of that. They're not they're not a great side, are they? In terms of they've got a few great great players, or good, very good players. They're not a great side, City. I, you know, there, there's some players in that team that I wouldn't I wouldn't have in Liverpool's. Side. I wouldn't have the goalkeeper, either of them. I wouldn't have either of the full-backs. You wouldn't have Collar off the centre-back, would you? No, no I wouldn't have Collar off. Oh, he wouldn't be in the building. <laughs> the club. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know, mega keen on sort of some of the squad players that you've got to come off the bench either, you know, the likes of Delph and Clichy and people like nice. that. Nice. Yeah, you know. What about him? They're just... They're much of a much these are the players that got Pellegrini the sack after you know, after he won the league in his first season by by just not developing. And I, I think I think Guardiola's got very admirable ideas, and I think he is a fantastic um, innovator. And, and 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 you know, he's got fantastic concepts about about how a team should play. But I do think he's still to prove that you can get dogs to do that. And I think he's got a few dogs at City. There's obviously one player who'll be coming up against Liverpool. He's come up against them several times now since he's left, Christian, and that's Raheem Sterling. He's not got the best of record against against the Reds since he left. I mean, is there any particular reason for that? Do you feel as though he gets you know gets affected by certainly at Anfield? He's he's coming for a bit of a bit of stick from the uh, from the fans. Yeah, certainly in terms of Anfield. I remember the three 0 after the uh, Capital One Cup final last season. John Flanagan goes in on him in the first couple of minutes and, and that sets the tone and he's hauled off at half-time. 
this season it wasn't the sort of game where he'd flourish really. Um, it, it was a scrap. It was you know a real dogfight, and as talented as Raheem Sterling is, I think he's you know moved on to the next level even even further under Guardiola. I think he is one of the real success stories since the Spaniard went to the Etihad. But it wasn't the sort of game where that sort of talent can can be you know put on a decent platform. Um, so in terms of Anfield, I think the atmosphere does get to him. I think the, the high intensity gets to him. Uh, you know, the four-one. He wasn't very good at the at the Etihad last season, um, but he wasn't by any stretch of the imagination the worst culprit that day. You know, the, the, their defence was absolutely shocking. Um, but he is a he's a really good player, and it doesn't always work like this. But it feels like he, he might be due one at some point against Liverpool. Um, he's gonna he's gonna play against them for a, for a long long time in opposition, and 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 you know there will be he'll have bad days against them, but he's certainly gonna have a couple of good days as well. He's just so he's just so direct now. He his, his decision making seems to be better. He's still pretty poor in front of goal. It doesn't look like he could reach the edge of the box and sorry, the goal from the edge of the box sometimes. But he did last night. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. that's all that's it. Um, he he got it. You know he's improving, but he's, he's still not quite there in terms of you know finishing. But he's one of the city's most dangerous players, and you know we talk about Kolarov, Sanya, Klichy. Even maybe Ayar Torre when he's not on his game, and you know those are all plays you can. Also, Mendy, those are plays you can definitely take advantage of the two goalkeepers. But <coughs> Sterling is not someone that you necessarily target. Sterling is a danger that you've got to snuff out. James, would you say that Raheem Sterling is a better player now than what he was when he uh, left Liverpool? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think I would. I'd, I'd definitely say, as Christian said, he's been one of the real success stories in terms of what Guardiola's done with him. Uh, Decision making's improved. Still think there's he's got more more to come as well. And yeah, I think in a funny kind of way, you think he can't keep on being as poor against Liverpool as he has been in the previous meetings because yeah, he has. Well, he's 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 basically gone to pieces, hasn't he? Especially at Anfield and even at the Etihad last season. You know, he got a lot of stick from the away end, um, especially with Liverpool dominating the game like they did. You know, City fans were were silent within ten fifteen minutes. So. Um, you know, I think it's a huge test for him mentally because he'll, he'll get loads of abuse again from the away end. Um, can he can he respond to that? He hasn't been able to in the in the previous games he's come up against Liverpool, but he, he's too good to, to go on performing as badly against Liverpool as he has been. Neil, do you think that the criticism that he's going to get from the away end is justified, given the fact that at the time that he was at Liverpool, I don't think anybody could argue that he gave it 100%. He was played in several positions and I think the fact that he struggles against Liverpool when he gets this abuse it's a suggestion that he actually does care and he does he wants to remember his Liverpool time as, as something positive rather than now it's something that gets him abused basically maybe I mean the reason he's he struggled as well is because City struggled in the, in the two league games last season they were battered both times so it, it, you know though we say that Sterling had a nightmare that he, he was a collective nightmare and he was just part of it and the test now is if is he capable of rising above the, the poor performances of others and, and becoming a match winner? I think he, he and Sané are the two, the two danger men for, for City. Yeah, you know, as, as great as De Bruyne is and um, Silva, sorry. I think those two, they've been the difference makers in recent games, you know, with the, the, the pace and the goals from out wide. And I think that's where City will be looking to, looking to play. Um, I, I, I felt a little bit for Sterling, sort of. 
I think he was badly advised in some areas. Certainly in that interview, he that was the sort of, that was that was the big thing that he did, wasn't it, when he was at Liverpool? I don't think his performances. I don't think anyone could really hold them against him in terms of. You know, he's top scorer, wasn't he? In the, or he was top league goal scorer. Well, the um, last season, wasn't he? In his yeah, last yeah. season, you know, he played up front, he played right wing back, he played left wing back, he played everywhere, number ten, and Liverpool were awful last season. Generally, you know, they were they, he he was above above average in a in a you know below average team, and I think people don't want to see him do well because he's a rival and he's an English rival, so. He's never going to get goodwill from Liverpool fans, but I think, I think, a lot of them will appreciate what a good player he is and what a what a, a I don't know what a good start he made to his professional career at, at, at Liverpool. Well, he seems to talk very highly of Liverpool and his time there. He, he, you get the impression that he'd rather Liverpool had actually done kicked on from the 2014 season. That it would have meant that he would, yeah, him. exactly. It would have meant that he'd have been still been there and and doing and doing it there, don't you, James? Yeah, I, I haven't got any sympathy for him in terms of the way he's regarded by Liverpool fans because I, I, I can understand why the fans treat him the way that... Well, where I have some sympathy for him is, as Neil said, I just think he was badly advised because there's ways of leaving a club and the way that he went about it with Liverpool was almost like the guide of how not to leave a football club <laughs> if you want to still be welcome back, which it is possible to do. As we've seen it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, of course he would have had some stick regardless because he wanted to join Man City, but... If he'd only just kept his mouth shut, and 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 the stories hadn't surfaced, that you know, the, not not so much just the interviews he gave, but also the stories that people close to him were feeding to yeah. newspapers yeah. about it was Rogers, he'd fallen out with Rogers, it Rogers was, uh, deliberately standing by him in yes. training sessions yeah. to get pictures. And just, and you know, it was pathetic, wasn't it? And one minute it was, you know, he has to be playing in the Champions League. Then it was about money. Then it wasn't about money. Then it, then it was about all oh, the timings all wrong. He would have signed it if they'd offered it to him six months before and. It was disrespectful not doing it then. It was just like just a you know a, a, a list of excuses, which seemed to be putting the boot into Liverpool at a time when they were Rodgers' reign was on a downward spiral anyway. Um, you know, as, as the stupid thing was, as it is, Liverpool got a, a fantastic price for Sterling. You know, I still I still think that price stands now as a decent bit of business, um, yeah. despite the fact that he you know he is he is he's, you know, he's, he's not a, he's not a dud, um, but. You know, I, you know, I, have, I haven't got much sympathy for him in terms of. I don't think he's harshly treated by Liverpool fans, because you know, but you know, he should be asking questions himself. Really, why, why it was such a such a mess the way that he, they went about securing his exit? Because I think if he just kept his mouth shut, and then come the summer had said, "I'm sorry, but I really want to play Champions League football," and if Liverpool get an offer which they think represents my value, um, I'd like to take advantage of that. I don't think he'd have got anywhere near the amount of abuse and, and stick that he does get. If only we knew who his agent was as well. Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna park the city bus and uh, now for a moment, and we're gonna get on the minibus to Monaco because Neil, uh, you've been speaking to Jan Molby yeah. for his latest column, and he's he's made an interesting comment, hasn't he, about Monaco and Liverpool? Yeah, you I mean just you've given it away. <laughs> no, I haven't given it away. What's he saying? Wasn't that wasn't the minibus. The minibus. Well, they're already it's a captive audience now. He was. Uh, really? He was doing the City Monaco game, doing both legs actually for um, for Danish TV. And he, I just asked him about Monaco, and you know, there's always seems to be a team that emerges in the Champions League, isn't there? You know, sort of that that's like a bit of a hipster's favourite, or you know, just 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 comes out of nowhere. And people say, well, I mean, they're a good side, aren't they? And, uh, you always remember um, Dortmund, Klopp's Dortmund were one, obviously. Um, Atletico Madrid have been that in recent years. I, I, 
Bilbao were one when they beat United in the Europa League a few years back and everyone thought, well, you could take five or six of those Bilbao players. As it happens, not many of them have actually gone on, Martinez being an example. Um, but I asked about Monaco, he said it was a minibus job, is what he said. He said basically, if you were Michael Edwards, you'd take your minibus over to, to Monaco, see if you can get six or seven of that first team onto <laughs> it and bring them back to Liverpool. And from watching them, you know, I can't, I can't profess to be a, a regular league observer, um, but I have seen, you, you do watch the roundup shows, and they, mm. they seem to win 7-3 every week, and seeing them in the Champions League, against City especially, on a big stage against the Guardiola side, and you know, as second favourites, they look like a few players in that team that, that I think could be moving on to bigger and better things, I wonder whether any of them might fit the bill for Liverpool. Christian, you're, a, you're our European football aficionado, I mean, you see probably... way of saying a sad man with no life. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you, watch the, you watch the games. Shift you watch the games. You watch the games. <laughs> now, I think we all agree that Monaco aren't going to win the Champions League. Do we agree on that before we go any further? Yeah. Well, AK certainly agrees, doesn't he? He thinks Bayern Munich have already got the, the name carved on the trophy. But you've seen them more than most. I mean, is Neil right? Is Jan Mulby right? Sorry, are the... Some players there that could do a job for Liverpool. And more importantly, are they actually going to be interested in coming to Liverpool? Well, yes, they could do a job. You look at the, the type of football Jürgen Klopp plays and, and you look at the way Monaco are playing and what how Jardim's got them playing and it's not that dissimilar. You know, they might they might need a little bit more tactical discipline, a bit more sort of, you know, pressure. They looked a yeah. little bit unfit to me as well. Yeah, he seemed to just run out of legs after about an hour, didn't he? Both legs. Playing League, League One, who I, I would imagine isn't... Maybe that's a generalisation, but yeah. I, I, I think you've seen with Paris Saint-Germain, I mean, they, they, they ran out of when, when, yeah. when they got tough, they didn't have the, the, the reserves. But they're really good in transition, they're really quick, they're really intelligent, good off the ball movements. I think the problem for Liverpool is that these players, and you know, it, it, it's easy to say it now in hindsight, but a lot of these players who've, who've emerged from Monaco this season, I think only two have actually come from their own academy. Yeah. I think a lot of them have been signed just by good scouting. But these are the players that Liverpool, if they bought them, the fans would kick off, wouldn't yeah, they? Exactly. This, this exactly. is That's the conundrum. The thing, yeah. it's, a, it's a hard... Liverpool is that which one of the hardest because, you know, in an ideal situation, Liverpool would will, will have a, a transfer policy like a Porto or a, an Udinese. Sevilla. Sevilla. But the problem with, with that is that Porto, Sevilla, whoever haven't got the expectation that Liverpool well, have. Right. Of, I mean, Monaco were in the second division, weren't they? About three, two or three yeah, years ago. Yeah, I mean, ago, that's because they, they, they yeah. fiddled the book. Yeah, but the point is they were still there, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, so had to the, get out of it. Can you imagine if Liverpool went into the second division? So we don't see, do we? We don't see, for all we know, you know, Tumi, Bakayoko and Benjamin, Mendy and people like that, they have nightmares in, in League One. And we don't see, we see them in the Champions League having a good game, but... These could be players who come to Liverpool and, and take six months to settle, and you're saying, well, why did we spend 25 million on, on him? But they're doing it in the Champions League. They look like good players. Mbappe looks like an absolute. Mbappe is a couple of than Bedwood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that's, yeah, that's scary. scary yeah. When you I mean, think about how highly we all <laughs> yeah. think of Bedwood, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah, and he's doing it in the Champions League. And he's doing it in the Champions League. Yeah. And he's younger than Kevin Stewart. He is younger than Kevin yeah. Stewart. Yeah, we all are. <laughs> 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 but um. You know, that's a good point. Can they do it on a cold night on Toulouse? Or, I mean, I don't know. Toulouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, been I've been to Toulouse as well. Yeah, I've yeah, been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, been to Toulouse. And we're on in 1-0. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had the Gignac, uh, André Pierre Gignac sausage from, uh, from Toulouse. <laughs> they have... Um, they have a special sausage in, in, in tribute to the, uh, the Toulouse, former Toulouse striker. Well... Little fact. We, we, 
I think he'd be hoping it was a big fact. Right. James, I'm not going to ask you about Monaco. I'm going to ask you about the Premier League team. Leicester. Now, we were here, the last podcast, we were talking about Barcelona and PSG and how that game was an example of how Liverpool have to be in the Champions League. But to be honest, that kind of game happens once every you know, blue moon. doesn't happen very often. But Leicester have just done severe. Liverpool couldn't beat in the Europa League final last year. They're in the quarterfinals. They've done it in a way that you could imagine Liverpool doing it. I mean, are they more an example of the, the inspiration now, Liverpool, if they get into the Champions League, what they can do in this competition if they get in it next season? Yeah, I think so. Just because we're similar in terms of you know, atmosphere at the stadium. And then the King Power was obviously absolutely rocking the other night. And they seem to have got back, don't they, the, the unity and the, the spirit that drove them on last season. Very but suspicious. It's yes. yeah. Yeah, 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 it's Are you are you doing an impression of Craig Snakespeare? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, it just it just whets the appetite, doesn't it? In terms of when you see, it's every round of this round of Champions League games just seems to have been utterly ridiculous. It's been just, good, hasn't it? Yeah. And it is the only play, like. No one cares about the Europa League, do they? I know Liverpool well, had a great run there last season. It's on I think it's But it's um, it's just it is the poor relation, regardless of what anyone says, and it's it's the place to be. And you know, watching all those last sixteen ties just makes you you know just reinforces that fact that what about the size of the prize Liverpool are playing for in these last couple of months of the season? Because you know, it's you know, it will have a huge implications for the club summer in terms of cash available and calibre of players that they can attract and in terms of next season bringing those big nights back to Anfield the Europa League is was on last night I think Sorry. Neil is trying to say that. Yeah, he gets uh, his days mixed up I, I'm, I'm just want to add I'm, I, I feel a bit feel a bit for Craig um, Shakespeare obviously he's about to be sacked isn't he <laughs> hasn't been picking Damari Gray which was apparently uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the sole reason yeah, that Claudio Ranieri yeah. had to go and um, Craig Shakespeare's got to the last eighth of the Europa League without Damari Yes, but they've got a hundred percent record as boss. Yeah, one manager, one manager sacked. Now, James, another thing that's been causing a little bit of a stir on social media this week is uh, I think you wrote a piece talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold because uh, he starred for the under-23s on Monday night. They beat Chelsea two 0 scored yeah. a nice free kick. Although the keeper was a bit dodgy, if we're being honest. And the penalty uh, as well. Yeah, and the penalty. And now, Mr. Klein, whose first name I can't pronounce. He uh, he's been coming up for a little bit of stick lately, hasn't he? Certainly since the turn of the year, and it's kind of just kind of built a little bit of momentum over the whole because Trent's done okay. Let's get him in the team. Yeah, and I think yeah. Andy Kelly's led this, by the way. Yeah, I think. Do you know what? I just think Klein's place in the side is probably it's almost too e- it's been too easy for him in terms of he knows that he's going to play every game, uh, you know, and he doesn't. I don't think he he's felt that there's any competition there. He's you know he's he's played every game he's been fit for. In the two seasons he's been at Liverpool, I thought last season he was like an absolute model of consistency, six, seven out of ten every single week. Um, you know, and sometimes he probably didn't get the credit he deserved for those performances. This season, I just think after a decent enough start, he, he's actually got pretty ropey. And I think by the same token, where some players are like a lightning rod for criticism, I think he's got away with it a bit. And you know, I think probably the one statistic that jumped out at me when I was looking at his stats for the season is he's only had one assist since August and when you think of the amount of ball that Klein gets in advanced areas and the fantastic positions he gets into you know, the, the pace he's got as well and the ability to get past a man that is a pretty horrendous record and I thought he was very very average last weekend and I think he has been for a while now 
Um, and, I, and I think coupled with that is the fact that Trent Alexander-Arnold has got better and better as the season's gone on. Uh, and I think it should be a proper debate now. You know, I know I know Klein's in England international, but I think we're at a point now where his performances are at a level where I look at him and think I actually think Trent Alexander-Arnold would perform better. Now I don't think that will be a, a serious debate for Klopp for this weekend because I think it's Man City away. I think he'll want to go with the experience of Klein. But if if he doesn't snap out of his current slide and and start producing better performances, then I can certainly see Trent taking his place before the end of the season. Kristen, it was only nine months ago that Ingle were playing in the European Championships. I think Klein played one of the games, and a lot of people were saying he should be in the team ahead of, ahead of Kyle Walker. And now, as James said, there's this suggestion. Some fans are saying that he should be out of the Liverpool team, and this, this lad has played about ten, nine games. Should we back in? I mean, do you think that's that's... Because it's a lot easier to say that Trent Alexander-Arnold's got so much room to improve. It's easier for him to improve than it is for Klein to maintain a level, certainly in a team that since the turn of the year hasn't been as good as it was beforehand. I don't think Alexander-Arnold is a long-term right-back, first and foremost. So I think he'd probably end up in central midfield. So, you know, it'd be a big call to, I'm not, not saying he'd be a stopgap, but, you know, basically someone who isn't going to be Liverpool's right-back for the next 15 years to replace the £12 million man. But at the same time... Gerard. Yeah, of course. Um, I I don't think I've, I've I've had a bit of a down on climb for, for for a fair while now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. By the way, he said that with the saddest face I've ever seen, Christian. <laughs> looking down at the floor with his 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 head resting in his hands. Christian Walsh says I've segment. had such a downer. On climb for his a while now. Why? Why? Tell us why. why? I just, what I, gets you down? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel he's, you know, he, he, give, he always gives a hundred percent. I think he's a good professional. Um, I think he had a really good uh, season last season under Klopp. As, as James said, he was he was consistent. But I just he's he's the inverse of what what we expected when he, when he signed. I think everyone everyone came and everyone thought that he'd be a bit suspect defensively. But not so much, you know. He'd actually be quite good going forward. And he's sort of the opposite. Going, you know, going back to the England game, it's different. Different. It's horses for courses, you know. On Cheltenham week, um, because <laughs> Liverpool's fullbacks have got to contribute in the final third. They absolutely have to. They, they have to do two things. Basically, they have to attack and defend. Now, it's very, very hard to find any sort of fullback who can do that anymore. This is the, you know, someone points out these. Perfect fullbacks who are brilliant going forwards and can also stop attacks going back, but at the same time, the amount of you know they, Milner and Klein or the left back and the right back, whoever Klopp chooses, they they are both players who have to weigh in with assists, goals, chances created, and Klein's just not matching up to that. He's he's had he's had, he's had chances. You think about Southampton last minute. Was yeah, it the header? Well, late, late, yeah, late, yeah. on. He had the header. He's had a couple of other opportunities in the box when he gets there and he just seems to freeze. You know, I think he could improve there. I really do. It's an interesting point you make about the fullbacks because if you look, Ubi United got a right back. Valencia is a winger. Uh, Chelsea have got. I know it's a it's a right wing back, but it's Victor yeah, Moses. Moses. He's yeah. he's a winger. Uh, City have got anybody. Arsenal got Bellerin. He's he's basically a winger. Who's City got? Right back. Sanya, isn't it? They just play. Fernandinho's been playing yeah. there. Yeah. Tottenham, Sanya plays Tottenham, Kyle Walker is more or less the same as. He's a wing back. As Klein. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, Neil, do you think that perhaps we're being a bit harsh on Klein yeah. or? 
Time to give him some respect. I'm going to stick up for Nathaniel Klein. Um, In the list of uh, Liverpool problems, I think right-back's not even in the first page. But I think what what maybe has exacerbated it a little bit is Milner obviously done a great job at left-back, but he's not a left-back generally. He's not got a left foot. So Liverpool look very narrow in terms of when the ball goes down his side. So there's a bit of an onus on Klein to give a bit of width and, and, and penetration sort of in that sense. I think he has got a weakness. He's not. He has got a very good touch. As he, he sort of seems to take a little bit of a. He takes three touches to, to get the ball under control sometimes, and it can sort of. It can look very clumsy. Um, I think Klein maybe suffered a little bit. I think he was signed with Benteke in mind. That's what I think. I think they were signed as a sort of a plan of of getting them just hanging up crosses and Benteke going and attacking them. Now he can't do that because there's not that target in there. It's it's sort of it needs to be a bit more precise. It needs to be a bit more thought into it and he is still capable Klein, of, of of some really good stuff I mean he put a ball in I can't remember the game but he put he put a ball in that was absolutely sort of just just going to score it at Anfield recently and, and doesn't get scored and you can talk about assists but you know that's that's still a chance created if someone slides in and gets a, a stud on it or a defender puts it in his own net it's an assist I think he's still he's still got a lot to offer but like James said if he's got someone breathing down his neck, it can't it can't be a bad thing for him. You've seen this other players, Mindy Lane, Mindy Lane going to say it, yeah. one, You know, who, who, we had said that for years. He was cruising for two years, wasn't he? Mindy yeah. Lane with you know Brad Jones and and um, well, I can't remember Danny Ward behind them. Um, so I think having having a, a bit of competition and and young fresh competition as well. Not just not not a journeyman who's coming and can play right back. Someone who's actually going to have a Liverpool future. I think it'll do him good. Right, bad news, Piers, you were off the other day, which meant that I uh, had the chance to write this story uh, about <laughs> Julian Brandt. Uh, turns out, according to reports in Germany, that Bayern Munich are in a well-advanced in talks over signing him, uh, was it 12.5 million euros? Not this summer, but next summer. And, of course, that's prompted a bit of a, a meltdown from, from Liverpool fans. I mean, what's your take on it? Um, I, don't, I mean, I, I don't know what the where that information's come from. I think it was at Sport Build, wasn't yeah. it? Um, I find it a bit bizarre, the idea that they would be in advanced talks to try and sign him in the summer of 2018. I know that's when that release clause kicks in, but you know, I'd, I'd be amazed if Brandt uh, stayed stayed where he is at Leverkusen. I was going to say, then. because Leverkusen because... will now surely want to try and get rid for more money than... Yeah, this apparent clause. Exactly, and also, you know, I'm sure the player will want to move on this summer. They're not going to be, they're not going to be in European competition uh, next year. Um, and you know, with the amount of interest there is in him, he, you know, he gave an interview recently where he spoke spoke then about the attraction of testing himself overseas and in a different league. Um, so no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into that at this stage. If, you know, if, don't get me wrong. If Bayern, if 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 the interest is there for Bayern in terms of trying to buy him this summer, then that would have to be a concern because, you know, the, the lure of Bayern Munich, you know, for a, for a young player like that would be would be huge. But you know, I, I think, you know, there's no doubt that he is very high up on Klopp's wish list for the summer. But I think Liverpool also appreciate that to have a realistic chance of getting him, they have to be in the Champions League. Um, that that's why, you know, for all the talk of targets and all the rest of it at the moment, I think. So much will hinge on, on, on results and where Liverpool finish. 
we'll just finish in a second by looking at who we think is going to play against Manchester City. But Christian, you've obviously been away, so I'm going to throw this one at you. So we get fair to catch and then drop it very quickly. Uh, the Liverpool probably going to need a striker in the summer. There's a striker who might become available. He wants to play in the Champions League. If Liverpool get in the Champions League, it might be worth about 50, 60, 70 million. Do Liverpool make a bid for Lukaku? You are allowed to answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a coin. I mean, okay, let's put it this way. Yes, they can, but I can also ask Rihanna if she wants to go out with me. The well, then, what are you waiting for? The answer is going to be the same. Yeah. You know, ultimately, yeah. it's, it's a waste it's of time. Yeah, it's, it's a, a hypothetical. Are you saying that this question has been a waste of time? I'm not saying you're a waste of time. Of time. No. Uh, and Sorry. also, it would be Jessie from Little Mix, not Rihanna, if she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> she does subscribe to the book. She's always tweeting Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. any, any update on yeah. Sign Royce. Yeah, Sign Royce. Uh, look, he's, he's, a brilliant, he's a brilliant player. Um, you know, obviously, we, we, we see him, in, apart from James, we see him at close quarters a little bit. Um, <laughs> He's not allowed. Only on a DVD. Not yeah. even allowed to watch him on Sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. He, 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 I, I don't even... I would don't, he I, even fit the style? Would he, I, I think he would. Do you know what? I think, I, 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 think, I, think I think sometimes I think Liverpool, you can get too hung up on like styles and that. He's, and the goals. he's not Ben Teke. Yeah. You know, let's let's yeah. put it that way. He's, he's, there's a bit more about him to Ben Teke. He's got a bit more... I just think, ultimately, just sign a really good player who can score loads of goals. <laughs> and like, like Lukaku then, basically. Fantastic. Yeah, but but that's yeah, but, but it won't happen. Lacazette's a much better option. He'll go to United or Chelsea. He's right? going to Chelsea, isn't he? Bayern should get him. Oh, yeah. We've just sold him to three different teams there. Yeah. Neil, who do you think he's going to go to? Or do you think he'll stay at Everton? No, uh, uh, hearing the stories from this week, I think he'll probably, he'll probably be on his way this summer. And I think he's a cracking player, Lukaku. I, I'm, I'm a big thing of... Uh, <laughs> so baffles me sometimes how Everton fans you've view written this haven't you and, as well and, yeah. and sort of you know they, they, they seem to idolise some, some players who who have got half the uh, the quality of, of Lukaku and you know unfortunately Tim uh, Cale for them well Tim, yeah Tim Cale Dublin Ferguson to name two um, but I think Lukaku is a fantastic player I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed there's someone who's covering football on Merseyside that it looks like he's off. I'd like Liverpool to, to, to keep him on Merseyside, but as Christian says, not a chance. Everton wouldn't even pick up the phone. Tim, Tim Cale blocked me on Twitter because I wrote a piece saying he's, he's not an Everton great. Good which, which well, wasn't very good. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll finish then. James, Liverpool at City, it's on Sunday. Looks like Firmino's going to be okay. Probably Lovren, Henderson, no. Uh, Sturridge, <laughs> probably not anyway. Um, what do you do with the team? Do you bring Firmino back in? Do you bring Lovren back in? You're Jurgen Klopp. What are you going to do? Well, if Firmino's fit, then 100% he has to start. Um, I think he's absolutely crucial to Liverpool's hopes of hopes of winning. I'd go there a lot more confident if he if he was fit. Um, the concern is, I think you know he was still working with the rehab staff, wasn't he, at, yeah. at Melwood midweek? Uh, so you know, you'd have thought it's going to be touch and go for him. Um, I didn't think Origi was great last weekend. I thought, you know, I know he was involved in both goals, but a lot of his general build-up play and you know, lack of holding up, lack of bringing players into play. Um, I thought, I thought it, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be a bit worried to be honest. You'd need to see a huge improvement from Origi um, if he is leading the line on the, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, defensively. Again, I think that's a dilemma for Klopp because 
if Lovren is is come through that obviously he got he got what is it seventy five minutes for the under twenty threes on Monday night. Yeah. Um, you know, with a week's training under his belt, you'd have thought he'd come back in. Um, again, I didn't think Clavin was was great last weekend, although he made really? some... Really? I thought he did okay. Well, yeah, he made some important blocks, didn't he? But I thought also, at times, positionally, and, you know, he got found wanting a bit. But, in actual fact, Clavin played against Man City, didn't he, on New Year's Eve, and had one of his best games of the season. And, and in fact, the bigger the games this season, the better Clavin's performed. So, yeah, do you know what? I'd probably, I'd probably stick with Clavin just because I'm not convinced about Lovren's fitness. I'd be concerned about throwing him into such a big game after, after you know, I think he hasn't played first-team football since the back end of January. Christian, do you agree with that? Yeah. That he said? Yeah, completely. Neil? I'll, I'll start Lovren. I'll go first. First choice. Um, I, I was surprised he did as long as he, he did on Monday. I, and in fact, the fact that he was involved, having not been involved the previous day, he wasn't even on the bench, was he, on, on Sunday? So, I... Um, yeah, I, I would have Lovren in. I think you, you go with your strongest side, and Lovren is in the strongest side. So is Firmino. <clears throat> scored home and away against City last season, and especially at the Etihad, where it could be a sort of a counter-attacking style, lightning breaks, take advantage of mistakes. I think uh, I think Firmino fits that bill better than Origi, albeit Origi a very good option to come off the bench. Final question. I will start with you, Christian. Are Liverpool going to win on Sunday? No. Are they going to draw? <laughs> Maybe. He's on a good mood today. Is he? <laughs> he's got a real down. I know, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, Neil, same question to you. Score, score draw. Score draw. Aya Jay, what do you think? Definitely goals. Uh, Liverpool 3 1. Ah, there he is, Mr. Positive. He always ends on a positive. Oh, as he does. Uh, for the record, I think it will be a game of football. Right, uh, that will do us. Uh, join us next week, and we will look back at the Manchester City game. Cheerio.